0: Yeah. Yeah. Let's pray, folks. Listen, God's doing something. <laughs> I don't know if you can feel that or not, but if you can, I'm telling you, you can get a hold of it. It really yeah. is. Yeah. Given Father, please come to you this morning. What can we say to thank you? It is Your love that is shed abroad in your hearts. So Paul says, and I believe it to be true this morning, as we can feel it. And I'm thankful that we can feel it. Love should be felt. Father, help us this morning to be about Your business. Let's not get in a hurry. Let's not. Let's not. Uh, Let's not get out of here without getting a hold of that which you want us to get a hold of. Father, we ask you this morning to... We just want to pray for Ronald. I speak with authority as far as uh, the message this morning that I believe you're going to do a work, that the report's going to be fine, that uh, they're going to say we can't believe it, uh, the cancer's gone, and and we trust you for that. Father, we trust you if it doesn't happen because you're the authority in the situation no matter what, but we just trust that you're a miracle-working God, and what is impossible with man is possible with you. Father, I don't serve any other God than that. Father, we also ask a, a prayer. Right now, I believe your Holy Spirit can Minister to that youth who's father out of our church and, and on their own and maybe making bad decisions and in bad surroundings. Father, I believe you can go right there, right now, where we can't administer the heart to say, you know what, I believe someone's praying for me. I believe there's a God that loves me. Maybe I should reconnect. Maybe I should get out of here. Maybe I should turn my life over to Jesus Christ. Father, be with me as I preach, I sure feel. I, I pray oftentimes for an unction of the Holy Spirit, but I, I thank you for that unction this morning. We can feel it in this place, it's your presence, and, and Father, it has power to change the atmosphere, to meet the need, as Larry Covert said earlier, Father, that deepest need. I believe you know it, I believe you want to meet it. I believe, as Lindsay said, you want to run to that person, that you may show your love to him. Father, help us this morning to be about your business and your son's precious name we pray, in amen. Mark chapter 1, started the 21st verse, I apologize, I've said it before, I'm not good at, at holidays, I'd like to give you a Valentine's Day message, I'd like to give you a Christmas message, I just give it to, to you as the Lord gives it to me, and he said, man, Hallmark does a good job, you just preach my word. Mark chapter 1, started at the 21st verse, and if you're taking notes, this is not a new doctrine, this is what I want you to write down in your notebook. This is not a new doctrine. Okay? And I you we'll, we'll understand what doctrine I'm talking about. Verse 21, and they went into Capernaum and straightway on the Sabbath day he entered into the synagogue and taught, meaning Jesus. And they were astonished at his doctrine for he taught them as one that had authority. This is what they were astonished with. That he comes in and he teaches, and once again, they met here frequently. And yet they said, wow, we are astonished, because he was teaching as one that had authority and not as the scribes. And there was in their synagogue a man with an unclean spirit, and he cried out, saying, let us alone. What have we to do with thee, thou Jesus of Nazareth? Thou art come to destroy us, I know thee thou art who thou art, the Holy One of God. And Jesus rebuked him, saying, Hold thy peace and come out of him. And when the unclean spirit had torn him and cried with a loud voice, he did, he came out of him. And they were all amazed. And so much that they questioned among themselves, saying, What thing is this? What new doctrine is this? For with authority... Commanded it, he, even the unclean spirits, and they do obey him. Listen, folks, I don't know what we, I don't know what you think we serve, but the Holy Spirit, the same spirit which raised Christ from the dead, is the same spirit that God has given us in ourselves. And this is not a new doctrine. The problem is, we have made it a new doctrine. But the reality is, it is the only doctrine of the gospel of Jesus Christ. If the word of God and the spirit of God is not the authority in every situation, then let's go home. In Matthew chapter 28, we know it Clearly, we just talked about about our ministry in verses 19 and 20. When he commands the disciples to go, he says, go ye therefore. And that's a big expectation to go where all the nations to go and disciple and to baptize and all those. But we forget that the verse right before verse 19, verse 18, Jesus came and spake to them, to the disciples, the very one in the next verse that he's going to say, I've got this unbelievable task. This supernatural task. Folks, listen, 12 men changed the world. Why? Because of the authority of God. And he says this right here in verse 18 of Matthew 28. And Jesus came and spake unto them, saying, all power is given unto me in heaven and in earth. Not in you, it's in me, but I'm giving it to you because I'm going to go to my father and send a spirit, which will give you authority. That word power right there is the word exea which means authority.
1: He said, I have
0: all authority. And there are going to be people that are coming to your life that are going to tell you they have the authority in your situation. They have the authority in your joy. They've got the authority of what you're called to. And the fact of the matter is, Jesus Christ is the authority. When I worked for my father and he put me over his shops. Now, the South Point facility had about 40 men when I started there. And I'm talking about not kids, men. And some of them are real men's men. And whenever uh, there would be a situation in the shop, my dad said, you need to go address it. And I said, Dad, you need to go address it. And he said, no, I've given you that task to do it. And when I went out there, I was scared to death. And I'd say, uh, Bill or Bob, uh, you got a minute to talk? Yeah? Well, uh, you've been late uh, quite a few times recently, and I'd, I'd like you to stop. Okay, I'll stop. And sure enough, they stopped. And what I came to find out is that they were not afraid of my authority, but they were afraid of my father's authority. (laughs) And they may not have told that, but they knew good and well... That when I went back in that office and told my father that they did not listen to what I said, he's going to say, well, then they didn't listen to what I said. And that's what he said to the people. When you see me, you see the father. And I like to tell the devil all the time, when you see me, you see the father.
1: Don't look at my
0: authority because I'm scared to death to face the devil. I'm scared to death when it comes to circumstances. But I'm telling you, the problem with us these days is we have lost... Authority of our lives. And I don't know if you know this or not. Yes, we lost our authority because of the fall of man. But what Jesus Christ came to to do was to give us authority back. We now have authority of what we allow in our lives, who we allow in our lives, how we're going to spend our lives, what we're going to do. And you know what? I've got authority on what the devil tells me about my past. The devil loves to say, he likes to hold it right over there. And say, you're still that same person, you're still stuck in that sin, you're still one thing. I'm saying, I say, I appreciate it, go ahead and get it all out of your system. I'll let you finish. And then when he's done, I say, listen, you are not the authority. That's right. And when Jesus spoke in the synagogues, they were amazed. And they looked at each other and said, what is this? We're up here all the time. And he was preaching out of the Old Testament, they had had all that. He said, but there's a new doctrine here. He's not just talking about ink and pages. Man, when he speaks, he has authority, so much of authority, that that man that had an unclean spirit literally cried out and the spirit came out of him. That's the authority that my God has. Paid in full, washed clean. Put that in my notes to my past. If if he's told me that I'm washed clean, if he's told me my my debts are paid in full, then why do I have the devil all the time trying to, to keep me down in fear and shame and guilt? You know what? I believe the greatest thing that Jesus Christ wants to do in our lives is for us to show the enemy the authority we have over him. And we are so afraid to do that. We run from stuff now. We run away and gospel says run too. I should not be afraid of the devil. Yes, it says resist him and he will flee. Resist him. It doesn't say run from him. It says resist him and he will flee. But oftentimes, we're the ones running. I want to show you a beautiful account that God showed me this week. Exodus chapter 2. Because I believe that God wants to prove it out. It's not enough for you just to say... You're going to have to walk out this authority in your life. You're going to have to show the devil that you mean it. You know? It's not a new doctrine. This is the doctrine that we have. The doctrine of authority. Exodus chapter 2, we know it... But I just want to bring a couple things out. We're going to start in the the 11th verse. We know Moses was already in Egypt. Adopted practically as the Pharaoh's son. We see all that. So look at verse 11. And it came to pass in those days... When Moses was grown, then he went out unto his brethren and looked on their burdens. And he spied an Egyptian smiting a Hebrew, one of his brethren. This is the whole story of the Exodus right here. He's seeing it. He's seeing it firsthand. What does he say? I want to read that again. Moses is grown, so obviously there should be authority in this. We're going to contrast the authority of man versus the authority of God. And with Jesus Christ, you can actually have authority that you cannot have on your own. And it came to pass in those days, Moses was grown, and he went out unto his brethren, and looked on their burdens. And even witnessed, by spying on an Egyptian, smiting a Hebrew, one of his brethren. And he looked this way, and he looked that way, as if not to be caught. And when he saw that there was no man, he slew the Egyptian and hid him in the sand. And when he went out the second day, behold, two men of the Hebrews strove together and he said to him, what that that did the wrong? Wherefore smitest thou thy fellow? And he said, look right here. Look right here. And he said, who made thee a prince. Write that down. Who made thee a prince and a judge over us? Intendest thou to kill me as thou killedest the Egyptian? So all of a sudden, he's been caught. And he could have stood up in that moment and said, yeah, exactly right. You're going to hurt my brethren? I'm going to repay it. That's how it's going to work. You know? And he said, who are you? Are you a prince? Are you a judge over us? And it says, and Moses... Feared And said surely this thing is known. Now when Pharaoh heard this thing he sought to slay Moses but Moses fled. He ran away from the face of Pharaoh and dwelt in the land of Midian and he sat down by the well. The place Midian in the Hebrew it means the place of judgment. That's what it means. So you see here, and I'm going to tie this together here in a second. But if we're not willing to stand up with the authority, this is what it boils down to. Either you're going to be in authority or you're going to be under authority. And this is he stood up to the one who was actually in the wrong. And and, and when it it was come face to face with it, he ran. And he ran to the place of judgment. And Matthew chapter 7, Jesus says this, Judge not that not that you be not judged. For with what judgment ye judge, ye shall be judged. And with what measure ye meet, it shall be measured to you again. I'm telling you right now, the more authority you speak in a situation, the less authority you'll have to the enemy. But the more authority you allow the enemy to speak, the less authority you'll have. You say, well, that's common sense. But yet, so often, we don't see it. So, now turn to Exodus chapter 3. Remember that. Remember what just happened. He saw the issue of his brethren. He he slew the Egyptian and hid it. And and then when he he was addressed with it the next day, they said, who are you? Remember that. Who are you? Are you a prince? Are you the judge over this situation? Are you the authority over this situation? He thought he was had. He thought he was found out. And we're going to see what God's going to do. Because I believe God wants you. He's going to take you back. To that very situation that you're afraid of. That is what happens. If you're going to get over any fear in your life. You have to be exposed to it. That is not just biblical. That is psychological. Any psychologist worth their weight. Says if you're going to get over a fear. You've got to be faced with it. And you've either got to say to yourself. I am the authority of this situation. Or that fear is the authority of this situation. Now on your own. You're doomed. Moses on his own was doomed. But now he goes back with the authority of God. But let me just say that as we're going to read Exodus chapter 3. In Exodus 2 and 21, it does say this, and I can't, I got to bring it up because the Lord gave it to me. And Moses was content to dwell with the man. So, once again, he ran away in fear, knowing he was supposed to be with his brethren. And he could have helped. That was the authority that God... I'm curious to know if God could have worked with him and said, I'm not leaving. I'm not running from it. God, speak to me right here while I'm in the midst of my brethren who are under their, uh, the authority of this oppression of Pharaoh. But he ran. And it says in verse 21 that he got content there. How many people have grown content being afraid? Being afraid. Yeah. Allowing the devil to dictate our joy, our faith, our peace, what God's going to call us to do, we run it by the devil now. God, I, I, God, I believe you're, you're telling me to testify and fill your heart. But I need, to, I need to make sure that I need, you know, forget it. The devil's not our authority here. So anyways, Exodus chapter 3. Now Moses kept the flock of Jethro, his father-in-law, the priest of Midian. And he led the flock flock to the backside of the devil, desert. The back side of the desert. We're going to get to that in a second. And came to the mountain of God, even to Horeb. And the angel of the Lord appeared unto him in a flame of fire out of the midst of the bush. And he looked, and behold, the bush burned with fire, and the bush was not consumed. And Moses said, I will now turn aside to see this great sight, which, or why, the bush is not burned. First thing you have to understand about the authority of God, it is going to supersede natural understanding. It will, every time. The authority of God will supersede natural understanding. For crying out loud, we believe that God can remove the, the carnality and the sinful nature of man. When I accepted Jesus Christ, Paul says, he didn't just, he didn't just, uh, uh, kinda, you know, fix the sins. He says, I am a new creature. All old things are passed away and I have become Brand new. That's what God's Word says. And we can believe that, and yet we find it odd to say that, wait a minute, God could consume a bush with fire and yet it not be consumed. We say that. He can't do that, but he can do this. I'm telling you, if Jesus Christ can forgive my sin debt, then he is obviously the authority in any situation. The man with palsy that was lowered from the roof by his friends. What was the first thing that Jesus said to him? Get up and walk? No. He said, son, thy sins are forgiven thee." Because if you can trust the authority of God that you're going to be making to heaven, that your sin debt's been paid, then I'm sure everything else falls underneath that. Yeah, the authority of God supersedes natural understanding. And, the Lord, and when the Lord saw that he had turned aside, God called unto him out of the midst of the bush and said, Moses, Moses. And he said, here am I. And he said, draw not nigh hither, put off thy shoes off of thy feet, for the place whereon thou standest is holy ground. What do you mean this place is holy ground? This is the same farm, the same mountain, the same place I've been standing for 40 years. Nothing's changed. That that sheep's over there. That rock's over there. I've been walking back and forth. There's not one place that's holy. There's not one place that's unholy. It's nothing's changed. And you're going to tell me that right now I can't take another step further until I remove my shoes because now something's something's up. now this place is holy. I think sometimes. God's going to allow us on the backside of that desert, that dry place, that that dark place, that place that gets us down to see if we're really going to do it. Yeah, amen. Yeah. Are we going to roll over and die? I don't know about you. I would. I. I can't live like that. To live in fear. Yeah. I can't live like that. There's no place there. If anything, we've seen in 2020 is what fear has done. It paralyzes you. It will paralyze you. And I believe that, I believe that God said, listen, if you're gonna take a next step further, it's going everything's gotta change. Uh, who you are, your authority, everything, this place is now the, now it's, you're gonna take this next step further. But to do that, you're gonna have to get rid of your old self, your, your old understanding. You're gonna have to remove those shoes and step forth on holy ground. Are you gonna roll over and die? You know, they say if you push a dog so often, he'll do one of two things. He'll either roll over and die, or he'll bite you. And the devil just likes to push and see how far he can get you down. He just likes to keep pushing, and he wants to see. All right, you call yourself a Christian. You say that you have this God that you serve that is supernatural. Brianne, I know you said it's supernatural, then you said, I know you probably think I'm crazy. That's the problem. You're right. People do, and we shouldn't. Supernatural things are not a new doctrine of what Jesus Christ can do. That is the doctrine, you know, to consume but not consume. But moreover, he said, I am the God of thy father, verse 6. The God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. And Moses hid his face, for he is afraid to look upon God. And the Lord said, I have surely seen the affliction of my people which are in G- Egypt, and have heard their cry by reason of their taskmasters, for I know their sorrows. And I have come down to deliver them out of the hands of Egyptians, and to bring them up out of that land unto a good land, and a large unto a land flowing with milk and honey unto a place of the Canaanites, and the Hittites, and the Amorites, and the Perizzites, and the Hivites, and the Jebusites. Now therefore, behold, the cry of the children of Israel is coming to me, and I have also seen the oppression wherewith the Egyptians oppressed them. I wonder if in the side notes he said, How about you, Moses? Have you seen that? What brings you out here to Midian? (laughs) You know? So then he says in verse 10, Come now, therefore. And I will send thee unto Pharaoh, <laughs> that thou may, mayest bring forth my people, the children of Israel, out of Egypt. Moses says, God, uh, did you say Pharaoh? I've been meaning to tell you, uh, I'm kind of, <laughs> kind of on the run from him. Uh, there's a whole situation. Don't you get like that? We try to explain our situation to God. When God says, I'm, I'm putting you back in there. I want you to step out in faith. I want you to go in my authority. And we start to say, well, you have to understand that, that place over there, that thing right there you're calling to, that's the very thing I'm afraid of. That's the very thing I, I want to, I'm trying to, I don't know if you know or not, but I'm not much of a farmer. I'm just up here because I'm on the backside of this hill because I'm afraid. And, and it was a great pep talk and I appreciate it. And good luck with all the, with all the children of Israel, but I'm going to stay right here. And yet he says, come now. And I'm going to send thee. I'm going to send thee. So all that. And look what his reply in verse 11 is. Remember for a second what those two Egyptians said to Moses. That day that he was found out that he had killed that man. Or the two Hebrew men I meant. They said, who are you? Is that not what they said? Who are you? Are you a prince? Are you the Are you the judge? Are you the authority? And God says, I'm sending you on behalf of me. I'm sending you on behalf of God uh, to go and do this for my people. And yet Moses replies in verse 11, Moses says unto God, who am I? Who am I that I should go unto Pharaoh and that I should bring forth the children of Israel out of Egypt?
1: Who am I? The God who two
0: seconds ago you were afraid to look at. The God two seconds ago that was consuming a bush and yet was not being consumed has now been minimized back to me. Who am I? Forget about who you are. And remember who I am. Forget about the authority that you have and now trust the authority in which I sent you there. The very place that he was afraid of, the very place where they asked him, who are you? The very place they he said, are you the judge of the authority? The place where, <laughs> where you are wanted as a dead man. And that's the place? That's the place that God's going to send you? Yes, that's the place. And I'm telling you this morning with certainty, by the authority of God, whatever it is you're afraid of, God, by his authority, is going to say, I want you to face it. You can't keep living in fear. You can't keep hiding out because it will produce something in you. And I look, and if we see the hindsight of what Moses did, we see it according to the writers of Hebrew. Moses probably didn't understand it, was simply stepping out by faith when it was happening, but hindsight, the writer of Hebrews, says it perfectly, by faith Moses, when he was come to years, refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter, choosing rather to suffer affliction with the people of God than to enjoy the pleasures of sin for a season. Esteeming the reproach of Christ, greater riches than the treasures of Egypt. I'm telling you, I don't care whatever this world will offer you, if they offer it in in a contingency with fear, reject it every time. Rejected every time. I would much rather esteem. I would much rather esteem affliction with the people of God than to enjoy the pleasure of season of sin for a season, esteeming the reproach of Christ greater than the riches of in Egypt. For he had respect unto the recompense of the reward. It was all about authority. Moses said, "Who am I?" When in fact he knew who God was. So, remember back in the key verses in Mark chapter 1? Remember the unclean spirit? The man with the unclean spirit says two things. Two things. We're going to get ready to dismiss here in a little bit. Just hang with me. I'm trying to get somewhere. The unclean spirit says to Jesus, Let us alone. What have we to do with thee? Look what he says right here. Thou... Jesus of Nazareth (laughs) so the first thing the, the man says with unclean spirit is he calls him out in the authority of who he was in the flesh and we know that Nathaniel even said has anything ever good come out of Nazareth there's nothing ever been good that's come out of Nazareth that's what he said and this unclean spirit I believe was trying the deity of Christ the authority of Christ and he said hey let us know what do you got to do with this Jesus of Nazareth I don't know if you know or not, but I've been sitting here for quite a few times, and there's been people that have probably tried to cast me out, and yet still I'm here I am. But he says, uh, thou Jesus of Nazareth, art thou come to destroy us? And then he says this, I know thee who thou art, the Holy One of God. And that's what the devil's gonna do. He's gonna first try to test the flesh, and then he's gonna see if you got anything behind it. He's gonna say, Oh, yeah, look at you. Yeah, yeah. You're not much of a of a a challenge. You're not much remember Goliath said the very thing, same thing. He said, Look at you, you're a boy. Saul said that you're a youth. This guy's been fighting since he's a youth. He said, What are you gonna do? But by the authority of God, and Jesus spoke and said, Hold thy peace. That's enough. (laughs) That's enough talking. Come out of him. I wrote this in my notes. The spirits recognizes who we are in the flesh. <clears throat> and then he recognizes who we are in the spirit. Yeah. The holy one of God. And this is what causes so much debate. This is what that new doctrine that they could not get a hold of. How can something or someone so natural produce something so supernatural? Yeah. And God wants to do that in your life. He wants to say, yes, you and all your inabilities and all your fears and all your failures. I want to produce something supernatural. I want to send the same guy that ran when they said, who are you? I want him to go back and to say, I know who I am now. Amen. And I know who me." that's the authority that is lacking in our Christian lives today. I want to show one more verse and I'm going to go ahead and have Cole and Zoe come up. They're going to get us an invitation. I was talking to a preacher friend just uh, Friday night uh, he works with the homeless a lot real powerful testimony and he said I forget the situation that was before but he was dropping someone off and there was a gentleman living under the bridge and he said it was 10 o'clock at night 10 30 night it was dark and he said uh, he said this guy is literally he said I didn't even notice him I was dropping someone off he said but I heard this voice and it's the guy just screaming ah, you know just radical screaming he said he could see him up under the bridge and he's just flailing kicking his legs and he goes oh my gosh so he rolled up the window started to put it in reverse and the holy spirit said you need to go pray with that guy <laughs> and he's like oh my gosh i can't go pray with this guy you know no one's around you know all this and on the on the flesh it's all the reasons not to but by the authority of god i'm telling you And you can say all the one, if you want to argue with me that, well, God wouldn't want to put you in safe places. No, but I'm telling you, if God tells you to do it by authority that he gives you, do it. Do it. Anyways, he rolls down his window and he comes down and says, hey, he said, can you come down here real second? And he said, the guy comes down and he said, he's speaking like crazy. Multiple personalities, voices going high, voices going low, just talking out of his head. And he said, hey, uh, can I, can I pray with you? He said, I just feel like God's telling me to pray with you. And he said, I get out of my car. And the guy said, yeah. And he kind of leans in. He said, no, no, I want to get out of the car. So he puts his car, turns his car off, gets out, and starts to pray with the guy. And he said, I'm praying. And he said, seriously, he said, I can feel the Holy Spirit. And he said, the guy, and he said, obviously he was probably intoxicated on drugs. He said, the guy starts to drive me. Just drive me. And he said, I didn't know what to do. He said, but I just kept praying. He said, I just felt like I just needed to keep praying. He said, sure enough, the guy just vomits all over the place. Just vomits all over the place. And, you know, and he's still praying. He said, when he gets done, he said, the guy looks up and says, you wouldn't happen to have a drink of water, would you? As plain as day. And he said this, and this is really what, as if that story was not supernatural enough. He said this after, he said, you know, I'm afraid to tell people that story. He said, because people will think I'm crazy. And I'm telling you today, my God's just crazy enough to do it. Yeah. He's just crazy enough to do it. If only, that's the problem, we have lost our authority. We have lost our authority. Who has greater authority? Drug addiction or God? Who has greater authority? Infidelity or marriage? Who has greater authority? Fear or faith? Tell me, we've got to figure it out. They looked at each other and said, what's going on here? What is this new doctrine that actually has authority with it? And folks, we listen to the same word every day. We talk about the Holy Spirit till we're blue in the face. And yet, we have no authority. And that's why we're living in fear. And that's why we have shriveled up and withered up. I want to read one more verse before they come. Turn with me to Luke chapter 7. Do you think God doesn't... if you think Christ doesn't care... That you're not utilizing that which he's given, which is a spirit of authority. Once again, he says, I don't give you a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of sound mind. That's what he gives us. Nothing else. But I'm telling you, Christ is looking for individuals that are going to use the authority of God to glorify and to expand his kingdom. Verse 2, Luke chapter 7. Did I say 7? Yeah, Luke chapter 7. And a certain centurion servant, who was dear unto him... Was sick and ready to die. No getting around that situation. It was there. He was sick and he was ready to die. I don't believe the word of God lies. I believe it's truth. So it says he's ready to die. I believe the scripture. He was ready to die. Understand that. That's what the authority of the situation said. He's sick. He's dying. And when he heard of Jesus, he sent unto him the elders of the Jews beseeching him that he would come and heal his servant. And when they came to Jesus, they besought him instantly saying, he that was worthy for him, he should do this for he loveth our nation and he had built us a synagogue as if that's going to allow Christ to really care. No, that's not what Christ is looking for. For it is impossible to please God outside of one thing, faith. Then Jesus went with him. And when he was now not far from the house, the centurion sent friends to him saying, Lord, trouble not thyself. For I am not worthy that thou servant shall be healed. Oh, I love that. <laughs> I love that. They came up on behalf of the centurion, saying, if you knew this guy, you would heal. And when he got closer, the centurion sent someone, said, No, you got it all wrong. I'm not even worthy for you to come in my house. I know who I am, I know what I can do, but I know who you are. And Jesus went, uh, I mean, uh, so it says, uh, trouble not thyself, for I am not worthy that thou shouldst enter my roof. Wherefore, neither thought I myself worthy to come unto thee, but say in a word, and my servant shall be healed. That's what he said. He said, I'll tell you how easy we can make this. Let's cut through all the red tape. If you are who you say you are, and these rumors about you are true, you can say a word and he'll be healed. Wait a minute, I thought he was ready to die. I thought he was sick. One word? We need him to come in the house and do a miracle. And this man said, I'm telling you, if you are who you say you are, and you really are God's only son, you can say a word and he'll be healed. And then he says something very ironic. He says, for I also am a man set under authority. Having unto me soldiers, and I say unto one, go, and he goeth, and to another cometh, and he cometh, and to my servant, do this, and he doeth it. When Jesus heard these things, he marveled at him, and turned him about to his disciples. This man came, knowing the authority of God says, just say a word, and I trust that it will be healed. And I believe that if it wasn't genuine, if he didn't feel the spirit, once again, the virtue that came out of the woman with the issue of blood that touched the hem of the garment, I believe God knew when it was real, and when his faith activated, when he truly believed in the authority that Christ had, he marveled. I don't know about you, but for Christ to marvel, and he said he marveled, and he turned about, and said unto the people that followed him, I say unto you, I have not found so great faith, no, not in Israel, and they that were sent back, returning to the house, found the servant whole that had been sick. Yeah. You think it's ironic that God told Moses the very place that you're running from, the very place that thought they had the authority on your situation. You're going to go very back. They send the centurions. They send the people to him. And he said, go back. you got to go back. To really see the proof of the authority, they had to go back. And imagine on the way back, I wondered if they said, he said a word. He said it was going to happen. I believe it. And when they walked in the door, I imagine the guy sitting up and saying, you wouldn't happen to have a drink of water, would you? (laughs) That's the God I serve. So as Cole and Zoe, listen, as they come up and sing, I want to give an invitation. Listen, if you're living in fear, if you're running, if you're on the back side of the hill of Midian, that's no place for you to be. When the enemy's saying, who are you? There's nothing that's ever came out of you. There's nothing ever good that God could do through you. Then you tell them who the God is that you serve. That listen, the authority in which I come, that has my joy, that has my faith, that has my tomorrow held in its hand, that has my eternity. is the same authority that says, you don't, you don't get a say to me any longer. I'm going to live in fear. I'm going to live without joy. This is not a new doctrine. And I believe it's a time right now that we need to begin adopting that which is The gospel of Jesus Christ. A gospel that can do that which no one else can do. If you're struggling this morning with something, I invite you, I invite you to the authority that Jesus Christ has in your situation. I'm telling you right now, the devil, the devil wants to keep you, keep you under authority when in fact, Jesus Christ says he doesn't have it. His fate's already been sealed. And he's just deceiving you to believe otherwise. So this altar's open. Listen, wear your mask. Come up, spread out, whatever. But I'm telling you, don't leave this place living in fear any longer. Yeah. As they come to sing.